Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, nighttime, whatever. It's one of these things somewhere for whoever's listening in the world right now. This is the 77th presentation of FI Goes PC. I've changed it up. I've mixed it up. It's been a week. We've been away for a week and we're back. This is now the first episode in two weeks. We've had a week off. We're going to keep doing this. A, a fortnightly program from here on out just for a while. And then we'll get back to the weekly episodes because we're still looking for a new field. We're in between fields. We're outside a windsock. You will hear it behind me. Uh, not that any of you can see it. In the road to nowhere, uh, waiting for a new field or whatever cave as Wynn would like. She's actually at the moment fishing for uh, hedgehogs. I don't know if you do that, but she is. I don't know why she is. I think she's hungry. But uh, say hello, Wynn. Hello. Yeah, she is our producer. Fishing Winifred. for hedgehogs. Fishing for hedgehogs. Hedgehogs yes. are really cute. Why eat them then? I don't eat them. They make for a prickly meal, don't they? Hmm. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. We're having a heat wave in the UK right now. Oh, it's so hot. It's very, very hot. Okay. I have a few theories on why it's so hot. No air conditioning. Wow, we're outside. So I guess that it's always air conditioned, <laughs> but it's not cool. No. So there's that. What's your theory? Um, well, I'll get to that in just a second. I'd just like to say that you are our producer. Yes. Yeah, that's why uh, I'd miss that bit. Everyone knows who's Winifred now. Yes, anyway, hi, so. I'm the producer. <laughs> there you go. Just to clarify. <laughs> just to clarify, like butter yes. in an Indian dish. Uh, ghee. Same to you. Um, that's also what you do in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or you do not. Ghee. Training, yeah. 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 No, that's the clothes. Yeah, exactly. It's got many facets. Clarified butter or the Japanese uniform. Just to clarify to people who don't know like, what we're talking like about. Like butter. It's a homonym. So ghee, G-H-E-E, is the butter that Danny's talking about. Yes, don't get it confused. If you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they say we're going to do ghee training and yeah. you smother yourself in clarified don't butter, do don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's very confusing. <laughs> and then in some martial arts, you wear a uniform, which is also called a ghee, but it's spelled G-I. Yeah, like an American in the uh, Vietnam War. Yeah, General Infantry, G.I. Yeah. Or G.I. Joe. Which is an action figure. Okay. And then they, they call them action figures, but they don't do any action. No, you have they to don't. move them and manipulate them. So yeah. it's more like false advertising. Pliable figure, <laughs> not an action figure at all. The ironic action figure that doesn't do any action. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 77. It's amazing. Double number. It's a very good number to me. I like 77. It's a good number. It's uh, so good. You have to have it twice. And eventually we'll have it three times. Who knows? <laughs> Four times. Ah. Oh. Crazy. So uh, it's been a crazy week. It mm. has been a crazy week. It's been a crazy two weeks. We mm. haven't seen you for a week or heard from you for a week or we have had a comment. We have <gasps> had a comment. We've had our first ever comment, people. <laughs> Hopefully it starts a trend. Uh, it was a very cryptic comment and I appreciated it mm. from the great Graham Rose, who's a personal friend. He's in one of our episodes. You can go back in time and listen to our theater episode, which I think is three, isn't it? Yeah. Episode three. three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. 
genius. One of our family members. He's lovely. And he's he has, commented. Yeah, he, uh, let's do a quick plug because he commented using his podcast mm. account, uh, Fred Jeffs. Yeah. yeah. Go check it out. It's actually very interesting. I don't want to set it up too much. No. You'll see it from the offset. It's a really interesting podcast form that he's got. And it's a very interesting subject. Kind of in the true crime sense. Mm. I'll just set that up and I'm not going to ruin it for any of you. But Graham is one of the best theater minds in the UK, maybe in the world at, at this current time. And in I love my world. In our world. <laughs> we're, we're super fans. Mm. Uh, you can hear that from the podcast we did with him. But thanks for the comment, Graham. Yeah. And it was very apt. And I, I, I chuckled, actually. <laughs> at it. I like the crypticness. It's almost a title suggestion for mm. a future episode. We might get him back on one day. You never know. Once we have a, you know, a legitimate... New four, four walls and the roof, <laughs> as opposed to a field. It's not very good inviting people to your field for a podcast, is no. it? Try join us in our field. We can talk about address. stuff. It's in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait for the the, the certain time where the ice cream truck goes past. And uh, of course, now we don't have that. We're just hooked up to the windsock. It's amazing what you can do with um, what's the uh, wind turbine energy that's not turbine because it's windsock. What's what is it? It's not hydro, is it? Hydro is water. What's the wind one? Just wind turbines. No, no, no. The electricity you get from it. Hydro meaning water. What's the wind one? Yeah. Power of blowing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't it be ironic if you hooked up to a wind turbine, a hairdryer? Because then you'd have two sources of wind power, almost. One's drying your hair and one's charging the dryer. <laughs> it's a perpetual loop. That's an ironic twist. It's kind uh, of pointless. Circle of the same. Yeah, I know. I'm all about pointless. We've had like a week off, so I've got a lot more energy than I had. Mm. Uh, we were some kind of burning out, living on a chasm. It was not nice. Um, luckily now, we're miles away from that somewhere. I don't know where we are. I think the last time I checked a signpost uh, was Somerset, and it's got a lot more older ever since. By that, I mean the words are just not making sense. So we're probably in Wales. Don't That's ask me. I'm always lost. Yeah, I haven't seen any Wales. So I don't know why I'm always the navigator. They don't between usually the two walk on. <laughs> they don't usually walk on land, though, Wales. They're in what? the ocean. Uh, so I haven't seen any in the field that we currently occupy. Like by the we're windsor. having two different conversations. We always do, and you're still hunting hedgehogs. I don't get it. Anyway, so you are fishing hedgehogs. Okay, you're not hunting cod. No. Okay. So there's been a big news this week, and I think that's possibly why we've got this heat wave. Mm. Um, it's only a thought. It might not be factual, but one of the worst cases of governments not doing their job properly mm -hmm. in, in local and international history to date. I don't think there's ever been anything like this. Maybe Chernobyl is, is similar, which had a higher impact for right. a longer time. Maybe Fukushima, you could say, is a big mm. cock up. Um, but this here is obviously the thing that happened in Beirut, which is dominating British news. So obviously our news is second tier and we don't care about people dying in this country anymore. This whole thing has been dramatic. And there's a lot of people online, I'm sure by now, will have seen the five angles uh, that's been circulating on YouTube where this thing is just mental. It's basically this ammonium nitrate or whatever buildup they're yeah. thinking has finally just gone, you know, catatonic and blown up. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. It's like, um, feels like a small packaged bomb going off in the center of a city. I've never seen a cloud mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like a movie. It's very bizarre. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
internationally, it's it is. So... It's internationally the same sort of reaction you got from 9 11. Mm. You know, watching it. Um, but yeah, like very strange. We're in a time right now that's startling, really. Like everyone is basically angry with their government. Yeah. Unilaterally all around the world. Yeah. Tons if you, of protests yeah. going on. I've, I've never known so much systematic hate for institution and, and authority and mm. government. Unilaterally, it's like a domino rally effect. It starts off here, then it ends up here, then it goes on to here, and then it continues here. Mm. And it's unifying the world in the strangest way. You know, it's very unusual what's going on right now. Yeah. But of course, chiming into what we were talking about now two weeks ago, it feels like the things that are happening in Beirut, um, basically you got a situation where the government is corrupt enough to let that pass. Yeah. For such a uh, crazy amount of time that it, it leads to a massive disaster. We're just getting a lot of, I feel like, hints. Brazil's obviously had issues. The Amazon rainforest, their president has been a lunatic with this coronavirus situation. So to the point where he got it himself and still was in a sense of denial, you know. Mm. Um, you're seeing some serious things where I feel like we're about to skip into the new generation by force, by volatile force. It usually happens a little bit more less dramatic you know the young take over the old and you get this new era the last yeah. one being the baby boomers or whatever it was sure um this now going into the I, I don't know if you'd call it millennial i'm not sure what you'd call it because it doesn't feel like it's there yet yeah um it does feel though the interim need is that and i've said this for a while transparency in government i mm. feel like we're all looking at democratic governments and all of this stuff as the status quo would prefer to have i guess but there's just seems to be a compounding confusion and people are feeling more powerless, I guess, which mm. is where this rage comes from. Perhaps. But you never know. There's one of 10 hundred theories, but the stuff that's happening in Beirut is literally a worst case scenario for any government. Yeah. Because you've <laughs> literally ignored a crisis that's wiped out a good chunk of your capital city. Not mm -hmm. not good. Not good, folks. And if you're in Lebanon right now, our thoughts are with you because it is mass panic. It's just, how do you exist in this? There's no. protests now kicking off. Um, I don't really feel like their protest is a protest much as it's we demand change. You mm. know, I think that's really what protests are these days. Yeah. Demanding a change, you know. It's interesting. It does feel like a systematic change, regime change. I, I use the word regime because you don't really protest or demand in democracy. You talk it out. But so yeah. just to re-clarify that, because again, that's a bit of last time I talked about all this stuff. I just find it shocking that that's happened in this time of way. Yeah. We also haven't discussed Kanye West running, running for, for, president. for president, which is which is a story that comes and goes yeah. and it's hot and cold. It didn't really work because he had his own or... campaign trail that no one really turned up to. He just sort of did it in the middle of McDonald's. I Very don't strange. think anyone's taking him seriously. I hope that we don't have to <laughs> is the point. It's uh, very scary. The stuff he's saying is so, uh, you know, it, it to me, it's on par. If you, you know, there's people obviously listening in America right now. Um, when you get on the bus in America and mm. you're going to say like from Hollywood, okay, uh, going down to Target near West Hollywood, you'll take a bus uh, and you'll get down Franklin and all this areas and get into like Target or whatever and cross crossroads uh just like a bus in in a city bus a metro when you get there you obviously have a lot longer to go because of la traffic it is as infamous as you hear it's mm -hmm. constantly back to back it takes 
you could walk it faster than a bus. I'm not even sure where you take a bus <laughs> in LA. You can walk most places faster. But let's say you take the bus and you get on and you get this crazy guy sitting next to you and he starts telling you all about the religion. Only he knows and only he worships and the gods that only he's created five minutes ago. Uh, shows you little drawings he's done, you know, complete mad person. Um, that's how Kanye seems in his campaign trails. <laughs> he seems so detached from the realities of normal people mm. that he makes Trump and Biden viable options. Oh my gosh. Like Biden literally will say what every old granddad says, and you just like, please don't say that again in public, granddad. That's what Biden is. And Trump basically just says whatever any you know pseudo dictator hateful person has ever said in history mm. but makes it a joke you know it's very strange and so yeah kanye is not a viable option he's not even been acknowledged no really by anyone except for himself and his people uh he hasn't put his name forward officially to run so it's, yeah, it's all uh, some of the deadlines for some of the states have passed to put course. your name on the yeah. ballot so yeah. it's all a little bit weird. Mm. Um, I feel for Americans in this vote. I mean, you're American, so I can say this to you. Like, you've been international. You'd have to do a postal vote, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you'd have to do a digital vote or mm. whatever. Um, obviously, America's freaking out about anything digital right now because obviously the Russians are going to interfere <laughs> with it and they're going to uh, put their own Mickey <sighs> Mouse. Let's vote him for president. That'll be funny. Um, like I said, I'm skeptical about that anyway. I think the fear that you're feeling everywhere is built from paranoia. I don't yeah. think it's built on reality. Mm. Um, we thought that in the Russia World Cup. Something interesting I want to say, just a bit of a tangent. When Russia hosted the World Cup, one of the most common threads people were saying, uh, tourists that were being interviewed who were there to watch the football matches, English, when England was in for the five minutes we had in the uh, World Cup, we were there to the finals. We were in Spain at the time. Mm. So we were hearing a lot of the interviews. I think Japan, as I've said before, were the heroes of that World Cup. Yeah, and everyone was commending them on Absolutely. Uh, cleaning up all the... Yeah, cleaning you know, up the, the room. There was yeah, the was end game so for one of my favorite footballers of all time, Kesuke Honda. It was his swan song. Mm. And right. what an encouraging World Cup it was for the nation of Japan. Yeah. Just going back to that kind of nostalgia for a second, the one thing everyone said in common was... Russia is not what we thought it was. Yeah. Everyone's really kind. Everyone's real. It's all nice. It's evolved. It's not what we saw. In, you know, I mean, obviously, Moscow's got that kind of you can't really cover Moscow differently. It's always been that state's mm. kind of capital place. Very much a nod to Stalin and, you know, yeah, St. Petersburg. And, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, former Soviet Union headquarters. Yeah. It can't really change that much unless what happened in Berlin happened to it and was leveled and then rebuilt. You they know? were yeah you said berlin berlin yeah yeah because oh. after world war ii oh, okay, it was okay. leveled and then they I rebuilt sure it what you're... yeah so the east west germany divide you'll see remnants of when half was communist yeah. and half wasn't i gotcha you know um soviet union headquarters is going to still look like that but everyone still thinks that putin is all about the soviet union you know and he might be it is a suggestion that he's ruled out all the competition for life could say that he's he's not exactly uh, allowing democracy to happen. No. Uh, he's found every political way to avoid democracy. But Russia itself has grown like anywhere has grown. It's had what, like 70 years, like mm -hmm. everywhere else. Um, not as rapidly as China, got to be honest. Mm -hmm. There are still enough dash cam videos on YouTube yeah. uh, where people are driving near trains and planes that have come off rails or crashed in a road in front of them or they're 
going off road and a really sharp turn. I just and saw one today. Crazy stuff. Where like a taxi flipped off the highway. Yeah. With like a passenger inside, did like I don't know three rolls yeah. and crashed and. Yeah. Apparently they didn't die. Yeah, of so. course they no. They make the cars right. <laughs> they just can't drive the damn things. You know, um, most um, Russian taxis have roll bars in it. Just it, saying. Right. Yeah, they, they, yeah. If you stay on the road, it's you get you get to be paid more. I'm pretty sure. Like, oh, it, we'll get there in time, but we're gonna do triple flip, double somersault. Might hit a tree on the way there. Is that all right? Mm. Yeah. Well, as long as you give me the standard rate. Well, what's the safe rate? An extra fifty <laughs> bucks. All right, cool. I mean, like realistically, you know, like Russia is. There's still signs that it's it's special. Let's say that different it's different mm. it's a little raw around the edges but the evolution in cities and towns it's it's much like europe now yeah. let's be honest and i think that's what was revealed in the world cup but mm. of course americans don't get any of that the perception is in america the, the perception of any international country is almost flawed so a lot of americans and god bless them and I, this is where i know that there's going to be a powerful change in america in the, in the next decade mm -hmm. they're traveling they're yep. traveling more than they ever have. Um, they're visiting, they're meeting people around the world. More mm -hmm. people are in their neighborhoods, uh, yeah. which obviously annoys them. Uh -huh. um, you know, <laughs> like me when I'm there. Um, but basically, <laughs> I'm just saying the American mind is evolving just like anywhere else is evolving. And sure. I think the Internet's obviously a massive product oh, of yeah. change. Yep. Uh, playing games with people around the world. Mm -hmm. um, that's always good. New Online gaming. Yeah. yeah. In a different way. Well, you just hear GTA and every eight-year-old around the world is equally <laughs> annoying. And you all gang up and beat the hell out of them. Eight-year-olds should not be playing GTA. No, but they do. And so you can't help it but make them cry. There's loads of YouTube <laughs> videos about that. Oh, you know, which is cruel. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people case. Like, there's a few great ones where there's these really stupidly impossible online games. I forget mm. the names. They're like first-person shooters. Right. And the whole thing is it's a bit like um, Fortnite where you have to build stuff as well as fight mm. almost simultaneously. Okay. And it's basically a Fortnite ripoff, but it's a little harder. Right. And there's a thing where your character gets killed, you lose everything. Like, you, have, you literally start again. So if you've built up... It's like a team-based thing. Mm. And if you build up your character to some serious levels and you've got all of this stuff, then they can just come in and rip you off. There's loads of great things connected to that game where, you know, you've got the eight-year-old versus a 27 or, you know, early 20s to a 30-year-old. And these kids are the worst. I mean, these are the kids that are the bratty entitled kids. Yeah. That I'm not going to mean anything by this, folks, but they are always present at wrestling events. In Saudi Arabia, those kids—they mm. don't know anything. They just get given whatever they want. Sure. You know, do you want a Lamborghini, kid? Oh, I'm only eight years old. Yeah, have it. You'll grow into it. Yeah. And they get a Lamborghini. You know, like there's super money out in the world oh, right yeah. now. It's not oh, just yeah. Saudi Arabia, but it's anything that has that super money, right? Um, we saw it a lot in America when I was a kid. You go to Florida and a kid parking mm -hmm. next to you is 15 years old, driving a monster truck, and you're mm -hmm. like, "How? How did you get the insurance for that?" In England, definitely happening in China. Sure. Well, yeah, of course, China's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll come up the to that. There's crazy. a flag on that. That's news for that. But the thing that's interesting to me is the English equivalent of the kid turning up in a monster truck. Mm -hmm. Is uh, we can't even get insured on a mini metro. We can't get insured on an old car. We can't get insured on a coupe. We can't get insured <laughs> on a car that basically looks like a smart car by American standards, a two-seater deck chair with wheels. We can't get insured on it. We can barely get insured on an electronic scooter. Um, it's so weird, you know, like America's almost like um, I think that's one of the great things about America is that 
yes, there's tax heavy. Yes, it's, you know, especially LA, like mm -hmm. California tax oh, yeah. is, is nuts. Yes, it's heavy tax. Yes, you know, like you're tipping everyone, even if they've, you know, basically messed up everything. You have to, you know, it's like a face thing. But at the end of the day, they allow you to live freely and die hard. Really, they do. Like any kid can buy a Porsche. Off oh. you go, kid. Rent a Porsche out. You've only just got your license, you know. Live free and it's, die it's, hard. Yeah. Even a driving test laughable. You have the right to die hard. Yeah. Because people, people um, oh, in the UK, the driving test here is almost like a special forces training center mm. comparatively to the USA. Because mm. you're actually driving in your test on real roads yeah. that is used like every day. Yeah, so like it's not a center. There's no separate no. test. There is a separate test center, but you don't do anything there. You park your car up and you take off from there. Okay. You don't do any, you, there's a center because you have to go into the center, take the car out, and then you do like a 40 minute, mm. 30 minute, 40 minute drive. Right. Country roads, dual carriageways, all kinds of stuff. Used to be dual carriageways. Now we have a pass plus. So even when you get your license, you're not really a qualified driver yet. Wow. So you have to do the pass plus, which is motorways and dual carriageways. Then you get insurance breaks, mm. like a, a rebate, yeah. essentially. Insurance also becomes cheaper after you're 30, I think. After here. you're 30. So you could be blind, yeah. crap at driving, <laughs> but you're 30, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you smash half a dozen cars whilst you're doing your test, ah, you're 30. It doesn't matter. You know, you've lived long enough. You're a responsible yeah. adult. You, you, you? You're obviously a loser because you got to 30 and you haven't got a license. So <laughs> oh, you can die. We don't care. Oh, Whereas dear. like, you know, like in America, you've been driving for 15 years yep. by then. You yep. are literally a Formula One professional drive. Wow. NASCAR. You're just going around in circles, let's be honest. Um, but like I said, I, you know, to be fair to America, they're evolving too. So I think... We're in a time change, really, where we're more educated to the world. I think nationalism or renationalism is driving us nuts. Mm. At first, a lot of the kids are following their parents or their grandparents' racism uh, or ignorance or hatred for anything <laughs> different. Oh, I hate cheese. I, I prefer, like, American cheese, which is, you know, as we all know, sliced plastic. But basically, what you've got is you've got a situation where, you know, we hear about Baruch. Um, there's an international appeal. We all almost relate to this. Everyone at the moment is looking at their government going, really, this is what you could do in a pandemic. Really, this is it. No information makes sense. We don't know if masks are good for us, bad for us. Here's the, here's the way that you, you understand politics. Don't listen to a politician. Listen <laughs> to common sense. People are stupid. Mm. You know, at the top, they don't have a clue what they're doing. They're not scientists. They're not anyone particularly clever. Uh, they're selling your product. That's what they are. You know, when you go to the department stores and you get a spiralizer, which you don't need, or a lemon zester, which you don't need, or a new fangled uh, a sandwich toaster that also blends a coffee. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the multiple, but you know that. Yeah, Those guys, yeah, the demonstrations. Yeah. This knife is the sharpest knife yeah. in the world, but the military don't use it. So it's not that good. You know what I'm saying? If it's an all in one, inclusive, brilliant, like, I'm just going to stop on that. It's the second tangent. I'm going to have lots of tangents today. When they do the demonstration of the sharpest knife in the world and they cut a can in half, yep. why? <laughs> why would you do that? Just to show how crazy the blade is. Mm. I mean, yeah, so, all right, so when in the world are you going to do that? Cut a can. You gonna, are you going to get all your family around? Now, I've got loads of knives, right, but this one's particularly special. Um, can you get me the corned beef out? Cheers. Watch this. And you start hacking away a can. Mm. Most of your family are going to be like, what are you doing wasting a can like that? That's nuts. You know, usually the uh, 
so-called sharpest knife in the world is usually a serrated blade, yeah. which is very similar to like a bread knife. And one of the things that I've seen them do is uh, slicing tomatoes really, really, really thinly. And actually, guys, if you do slice a tomato with a bread knife, it does exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah, same thing. Because it's serrated. <laughs> yeah, because it's serrated. It's, it's not... But you can't cut a can with it. No. Because you tend to wreck the knife. Why would you want to cut a can with and it? And the other thing that's really stupid is you get insurance for life for this knife. Until the company goes bust. Until the company goes bust. Next or, year. <laughs> yeah, well, in five minutes after you bought it. Yeah. Uh, or, um, yeah, it's just, like, these things are baffling. And, like, I'm just saying, like, America doesn't actually, I feel like most Americans, unless you've been to the UK or, or whatever, you don't realize how close we are to you. Our sensibility, our life and everything. It's very, very close, right? When you flip the coin, um, you actually realize the differences between most English people in America, though. Mm. You know, like none of us are used to sunlight, so we all wither and die. Um, <laughs> most of us can't get by with our accents, so we fake yours and then we do it quite badly. And then you get some really weird sounding stuff happening, like Christian Bale, where he forgets how his English voice is, so he sounds like he's from London, which he never has been. He's from Pembrokeshire. Oh. which is very close to where we are here right now in this okay. field. Uh, on the border of Wales, basically. Um, and so he should have a kind of Bristolian accent. Right. So he's been in America so long doing American accents because he was 15 when he did mm. uh, Empires of the Sun. They're probably even younger than that, maybe 10. So he's been around America a long, long time. So he's picked up an American accent. And it's kind of like when you hear rumors of like Arnold Schwarzenegger having an acting coach to get back to uh, getting back to that. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, he's worried that he's going to come off and go, hey, dude, <laughs> I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have nothing to sell anymore. He suddenly you know, sounds California. Yeah, like he's going to be like, ah, I don't want to sound like that. So he has to go to Wolfgang Puck, I'm pretty sure. He's his vo voice coach. He's from Austria, too. And the two of them are in a room together. Go, ah, uh, and that's how they do their vowels. <laughs> Right? Yeah. There's a conversation between two Austrians in America. You know, yeah, it's true. And so it's actually factual. And basically, so he has to keep, for Christian Bale, the only voice actor coach he could get was anyone who worked with Guy Ritchie, apparently. Because he went from, you know, Pembroke, which is more like Bristolian, you know, like kind of bumpkin, you know, Stephen Merch. I don't know why I went Welsh. It's kind of Welsh, I suppose, but kind of Welsh meets Steve Merchant. Okay. You know? Right. Uh, lovely bit of muffin that. You know, somewhere in between them. That's what he's meant to sound like. Right, yeah. Okay, at the most credit, he could sound a little bit like Richard Hammond. He could have that West Midlands yeah, okay. influence. But no, he doesn't sound... But he sounds like a goddamn guy, Richie. You know, all right, mate. Of God, oh, did Batman, didn't I? I was all right with Batman. <laughs> and it doesn't even sound like an English cartony. It sounds like an American cartony. It really is weird. So everyone is now super confused where Christian Bale's from. It's from, yeah. Including mm -hmm. Christian Bale. If you hear his outbreak when he had a complete meltdown on a set of Terminator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he yeah. was having a go at Mac G, who everyone would, because he's called Bloody Mac G, uh, music director turned Hollywood action filmmaker. I remember rubbish, the incident. Rubbish director. Mm. I'm going to be true. He's not a good director. I'm okay. just going to say it. Christian Bale had a total meltdown because no one was doing their job properly. Mm. And this is a guy that's getting Oscar nominations and yeah. he's now working on the crappiest film he's probably put out yeah. with a CGI Arnold because they didn't get Arnold back because he was governor at the time, just to keep it real. Um, and he went full on mental in an accent none of us could actually understand. Was it Cockney? Was it American? Was it What was it? It sounded like... 
a transatlantic English person, like Robert Irvine, mm. who I've mentioned in the past, yelling. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that was the best acting Christian Bale's ever done. I think that because I think there's uh, some kind of sense that that was deliberate. Mm. That was a deliberate leak. Yeah. Something something is weird about that whole thing. But anyway, Who knows? it's it's a bit of history. So going back from my tangent. Don't know where we are anymore. I totally know where we are. Okay. We're talking about the world's understanding that, you know, governments are all a bit weird and we're fed up with governments. Yes, that's right. We're on lockdown. Uh, we're still on pseudo lockdown. You know, it's it. I don't really feel like we're free. I don't think there is a new normal. I think that politicians are making it up as we go by. Uh, America's apparently taken a week off holiday in August, so all their politicians think it's okay to take a holiday off. I hope they go to the places most infected and then get a reality check, you know, because mm. it's it's so sad. I'm so sad to hear about America's government has literally stopped caring about the population of America. Yeah. They just don't care about anyone. There's no leadership. There's no nothing. So it's easy for me to understand why... You know, there's a lot of craziness going on. In the UK, however, we just have a load of waffle. No one really has a concrete plan. No one's. It's almost like everyone in the world is waiting for a vaccine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then you have something like Beirut happen in Lebanon. And what it does reveal is that that's a real problem. That's a real problem. And so what do all the news outlets do? They Focus run at it. That. That's the real news, yeah. which I'm just going to tell you. That's I think you should read into that as a kind of, yeah, everything we're doing on day to day is nothing. They're just trying to cover hours. Mm. But then you have a real story that you can't dispute. Yeah. And it's consumed all of the main headlines mm -hmm. and no one cares about anything anymore. And, you know, that's how it is. So if you're listening in Lebanon and around the world, uh, you know, just I think be part of the change. I think good things are coming because this whole thing since the 1980s really this capitalist huge purging massive corporations it's all coming to pass it's falling apart mm. and i feel like you've got to be positive in that mm. it feels like every day there's no reason to do a damn thing yeah for me i haven't i've been watching grass grow in different fields <laughs> you've been hunting fishing and uh i don't know chasing hedgehogs uh with twigs and sticks and fishing rods. i don't get it You'll, you'll explain it one day. I just, it might be cultural. I'm just not understanding You're it. setting me up. I, well, no, it's, uh, it's how you are. You, strange story. You, you've admitted it. So, you know, it's on. It's documented. So, um, <laughs> but basically what I'm saying is that's the renaissance. That's when things are going to change. The shift is happening and it's on now and it's ugly as hell. But usually these things as a paradigm shift will be super cool on the way out. Yeah. You know, we'll I think stronger. I think we're all speculating on so many stupid negatives. You know, like is the world going to be taken over by robots? No. Have you seen our robots? They can barely <laughs> give you an order of food. You know, all you have to do is spray them in the face of water, and they'll malfunction and start beating themselves up. You know, it's it's not Terminator yet, kids. No. I mean, hoverboards wasn't a successful invention. They're two wheel piece of crap plank that just electronically works on geometrics i don't know how it works it's just stupid that's not a hoverboard blatantly it isn't you know so we like to say that we're really technologically advanced they were saying i was watching a podcast they were saying about augmented reality being implemented in the military to make lives better for soldiers right uh, that's obviously the game in the military you've always got to make things less lethal for a human being mm. and more technical so you can get it done 
with surgical precision. More efficiently. Yeah. yeah, it's like playing football with it. If you had a football of augmented reality, they'd be the best player <laughs> in the world. I can see where he's coming. I can see his heart rate. I can, you know, it's mm. it's all it's almost like pre-visualization of what's coming. Yeah. So this thing is meant to be able to see round corners. Okay. So where there's a hostage, you can see like this guy is waiting in a cupboard and he's got a gun and all this stuff. Mm. It might be like an infrared whatever. But instead of these massive goggles that you currently have for night vision, it's just glasses like yeah. the ones you wear normally. And then it's augmented and only you can see the augmentation. Mm. I think that is basically like making wartime a video game, which is why I'm very encouraged by that, because you can then turn any stupid nerd that's living in a computer store, the ones that die there, yeah. like the Internet cafes. Into the best soldier in the world. Into the best Check assassin. out what this looks like. Call of Duty, man. This is so real. You're going to love it. Plus, you get a holiday. We're going to fly you out and I'll tell you where you're going. And then stick these goggles on and play the game just as you would. I mean... But you're actually killing yeah, people. Because basically, if you're going to kill yourself in a computer store playing yeah. games where you give yourself like, you know... Why not be useful? Cut off your air supply and you've got no nutrition or anything. You've not slept for 40 days or something. Yeah, use it. Carry Utilize on. it. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's how you fly drones, isn't it? You give it to the one guy that's the best at flight simulator. Mm. Off you go, lad. Knock yourself out. Like, they did a whole thing in Arrested Development with that. Okay. Great series. Jason Bateman. Really cool. Um, yeah, funny. But I'm just saying, the war in the future is going to be VR controlled. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. We're going to have surrogates, like drone people. It's just going to be like China's best video gamer versus our best video game. And whoever wins, it's, you know, the next the war is a whole video game. Should be. I think we should decommission nuclear missiles entirely because they're not good for anyone. Make uh, cafes out of them because a lot of people are going to go, hey, what do you do with a nuclear bomb? Like if you, you know, take it all out, it's not operational. You still got the shell. Right? The shell's still there. What do you do with it? Make it a cafe. Make it a cafe with a lift. And you actually get served your coffee in a warhead. Make it an individualized capsule cafe. Only you go to it, right? I don't think I'd want to go to that. Oh, you'd love it. Everyone would love it. Because you get a nice panoramic view at the top in a warhead. <laughs> yeah. It's just a way to do it. It's called recycling destruction and making it make sense. Mm. You know? It's great. Yeah, it's good thoughts. So, uh, yeah, have a forest of these capsule cafes that are done in decommissioned nuclear missiles and just hollow it out put a lift in it go up to the warhead join it bit of architecture work here and it's a single cafe like you know like it could even be one of those espresso machines you just help yourself get a nice little view then you come down you can have your lunch there take up your sandwich it's great for yuppies i think if you're working in the business sector and you want the power trip you're having your breakfast or your lunch in a nuclear warhead it's the best idea ever i'm sure it would work as a tourist trap I think it'd just work for any old trap because you'd cut off the elevation and they'd be stuck up there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying how to repurpose nuclear weaponry, you know, like because the problem with a lot of it is the waste, man. Like what do you yeah. do? You've built this up. Of course, you'd have to take all the uranium. I think a lot of them are deactivated until you need them. And then it's, you know, you phone up Larry, who's now 600 years old and has been going since the Cold War, you know, which is when war was very, very cold. It was a very cold year that year. Uh, for that decade actually no. but basically you phone up larry he's the caretaker of the nuclear warheads whichever country you are they're all called larry uh and basically phone him up and say all right we need it we're gonna have like 15 minutes you're gonna have to pull it together and, and make it active again because if you if it was good to go we'd have issues 
there'd be a meltdown by now because the age, you know, Half-Life yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. most of the world would be radioactive um, in a bad way. But I'm just saying, like, make something of it. Because mm. I think what humanity doesn't understand, it's like the monuments that everyone's pulling down. Yeah. You need a certain reminder of the bad so that you know where the where the boundary is. You can go as mad as you want being a political power, military power, and wanting all of this control, wanting to monopolize everything. But at the end of the day, if you destroy the world, it's gone. So it doesn't mean anything. It's a hollow victory. Not only hollow, terrifying. Like, you have nuclear war, you create nuclear winter. It's the same as if, you know, an asteroid hits the planet. Mm -hmm. So sure, you've won the war against, say, China. You've won it because then wiped off the face of the earth. They're just soil now. But most of the world, a third of the world, is now going to have a nuclear half-life and a nuclear winter, and you can't do anything with it. Yeah. For God knows, like 100, 200, 300 years? Well, it's just suicide. It's, it's crazy. No point. Which is why I think people need to hear that assessment, because no one's that crazy. No one's that crazy. Because anyone who's legitimately crazy doesn't want to blow everything up. No. They want to take over everything. Yeah. It's a power They've trip. got an ideology. Mm -hmm. You should fit my massive ego, and you've got to follow me. Even if it's a serial killer. No one's completely about total 100% destruction, bar maybe ISIS, the way we're led to believe, because they're a death cult. Mm. So if you've got a death cult, then yeah, maybe. Maybe they're pretty bad, all right? But of course, it's, you know, we're talking about all this stuff, and I feel like it takes something like Beirut to happen, a mm. uh, massive explosion like that, to remind us what real worry is. Because I think they're the only protests I really think has weight yeah, their governments really let them down. Yeah. I mean, to the point where you know it's hundreds of people are dead yeah. or injured or dying at the moment in a time of COVID nineteen. Yeah, they've had numbers out there. It's the equivalent of it happening in Rio de Janeiro right now. Mm -hmm. It's the equivalent of it happening in Florida right now. You know, um, it's very scary stuff. I also saw something interesting. There's a guy in LA, David Choi. He's right. a Korean artist, Korean American artist, and he was bringing up the fact, and it was a very interesting fact about racism on the streets being elevated in the USA, especially California, mm. since Trump has been orchestrating this anti-China rhetoric. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only that. So the Wuhan thing or the Kung Flu or any of the really stupid, ill-advised <laughs> stuff he says, um, yeah, it's almost like that mm. kind of stuff has accelerated people being anti-Asian, Southeast Asian yep. folks in the street. And... It's very heartbreaking. A lot of our friends are Asian American. Uh, a lot of the people we've worked with in film are Asian American. Mm -hmm. My my cousins who are super close to me and I love them to pieces are both Japanese British. Mm -hmm. um, to hear of any elevation or racism because of an idiot like Trump is is terrifying. Really, it's it sucks. I just want to say like the presumption people have as well this guy is a guy who's born and raised in la you know like most yeah. of our actors that mm -hmm. were in kin you know it's very harrowing to hear what he's going through and it's very harrowing to think how a lot of people say the immortal words to these folks go back to where he came from yeah and yeah. it's almost like what like down the road five minutes where i lived all my yeah. life you know it, it, like we got to get over this stuff it's so stupid these assumptions are but horrible. i wanted to say something because it was on the joe rogan show and if anyone's listening right now go to the david Choi episode it's very very cool he talks okay. about africa a lot yeah um and going to the congo when he was a kid and just it reminds me of your trip to zimbabwe mm -hmm. and you know 
there's a lot of amazing connections that Asia seems to have with Africa almost yeah. naturally. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of scary ones like Chinese guys buying up your oil fields <laughs> and not knowing how to do anything with them in, you know, Nigeria and stuff like this. Mm. But um, I'd just like to say, like, if you're listening right now to us and you're Asian uh, persuasion from, say, Europe, America, you know, born, mixed or whatever you are, first generation American, but you're Asian, mm. you know, and your parents are from Korea or China, Japan, whatever. Or European, same. I'm just clarifying it because mm -hmm. a lot of people might not know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of lingo. It's a lot of hip lingo when all you're talking right, about this stuff. Right. Um, basically, there's a huge issue with anyone I've met. Cultural identity is a big problem. Yeah. That your parents can barely talk to you because they don't know your language. Yeah. You don't really know their language because it's not taught to you for whatever reason. It's almost like there's a divide where your parents don't accept you as chinese or korean or japanese because yep. they can't talk to you and they didn't teach you their language there's almost. a cultural gap yeah. and a language gap yeah but it's it's very weird to think that there's a natural divide no the thing that i i can testify to the language thing is that they probably speak you know their home language at home and they try to get their kids to go to say chinese school on sundays or whatever but if it's not relevant in daily life it's really difficult and really you don't want to learn it as a kid and sure, so, sure. you know, as uh, as, a, as an Asian American, you, you reject that part because it's just I'd rather go skateboarding down the road, to be honest. Sure. <laughs> well, I think the I think the argument is more like, um, OK, so on one hand, you unless you have full immersion, mm -hmm. you can't pick it up. It's no, so it's, technically it's different. Hard. And where you bear in mind, and I'm just telling listeners who are white persuasion, black persuasion, don't have to deal with this. Because a lot of us have three or four, five generations. So our parents aren't speaking their original African language to us, for example. My parents wouldn't speak to me in Roman or, or you know, ancient <laughs> Greek or what. You know what I'm saying? We've all yeah. had the generation split. But this mm -hmm. Asian mix is happening quite new. Yeah. It's not that long. You could say arguably a hundred and something years, but... It's not that long in comparison, right? And, because, and the language is still used. Sure. You know, so. Yes, it's, I mean, that's another thing people don't get. These are thousands of years old language, you know? So what I'm saying is unless you have that full immersion, meaning your education is in that Asian language rather than British or English or American English, French, Spanish, whatever. When you come to learn it, say, second language, mm -hmm. just to communicate, it is so hard mm -hmm. because by now you're four years into school. You've had the same education any white person, black person, America has got, Indian or whatever. And yet you come home and your mom's trying to teach you, like, all right, so this character, and you're just like, what? <laughs> you Why? know, what? It's like advanced math on a kid. It's just so insane, right? So unless you hit the immersion level once, and there's a lot of people who do. You know, there's a lot of people who do a lot of famous celebrities, Asian American. Lucy Liu is a good example, fluent in the language, went mm -hmm. to Hong Kong, was an actor there first. Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. who was never American, didn't really know English, but flew over. You yeah. know, he, he was competent in English, yeah. but he wasn't fluent. No, That's not first I, language. Yeah, no. So a lot of things were missed in translation even to him. But Brandon Lee's his son. Mm -hmm. And Brandon Lee knows no Chinese yeah. at all. Yeah. So And Shannon didn't either. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, a lot of people, white, especially ignorant idiots of, of America, I've got a message to say to all of these stupid idiots, especially in America. We've dealt with it differently in the UK. I'll tell you something that's massively important in the UK. We don't care what color of skin, what ethnicity you are, what religious persuasion you are. We hate you. It's very <laughs> different. 
we hate you if you're from a different town. <laughs> we hate you if you're from a different village. And we hate you equally. We hate you if you're fat. We hate you if you're thin. You're on the we, wrong side of the river. Yeah, exactly. We just hate you. We, we've got barbarian mentality, okay? If you're Scottish, you're yeah, not one yeah, of us. Yeah, if yeah. you're from Liverpool, you're not a brummie. If you're from Birmingham, you're not accepted as a human in London. You know, it's it's like, it's we have these clashes and tribal <laughs> mentality. But it's all banter oh. now. It's all banter now. We've kind of done it like the cruelest comedy you can possibly do. Just yeah. watch Frank ball for five minutes that's typical pub culture in the uk and if you can't handle that you think it's racism Mm. that's the problem okay yeah uh it gets a little bit close at times but most case it's just because the ineptitude of people but it's also the curiosity Mm. and this weird stubborn pride that we have in tribe so just watch a football match here and you'll see (laughs) you'll see exactly what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about you know we're 30 seconds separated from the town over but you're foreign to us you know in america though there's more of this immense ignorance because here's the thing i want to say this to every asian american out there because i love you all and you all deal with this every day i'm saying this to my cousins who i know will be listening to this right now if you ever have someone say go back to where you come from if they're white if they're black if they're hispanic whatever they might be in in america whatever they might be in europe you say this to them yeah that seems like a good idea maybe we should all do that right Mm -hmm. because white people aren't indigenous to america hate to break it to you but they had to murder all of the indigenous people who by the way came from asia Mm -hmm. the native americans historically came from asia the inuits came from asia which means that you actually own america asia america you actually own (laughs) america you are the indigenous people of the usa you and the mexicans yeah we're back yeah (laughs) And so almost like saying, we are where we're from. What about you, Viking boy? Just cope with the fact that that's reality. Mm. That's reality. You know, we're all Germanic in this country. You know, we're all Germanic. Weirdly, we come from a Germanic tribe, you know. It's so weird to me. Jamaicans, for the best part, over Asian, Hispanic. Or African, you know? Mm. I don't know the original people of Jamaica, the Caribbean. That That's a really fascinating thing that's lost in history. Mm. What were the original Caribbean uh, aboriginals? Mm. We don't know. Because that was a genocide, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I'm just saying, like, people are so annoying with this stuff. I just think, like, when anyone does anything suggestive to say that you don't belong, if you do the silent treatment, Go into your Asian core because you have got a far superior mind to most white people on the planet. You really do, okay? Just look at your maths results and your science results and your academics. Your records are that you're so good that you're banned from the Ivy Leagues because you're too goddamn good, that's right? That's true. I'm just saying. That's what America's done. America's done that. They've yeah, bridged yeah, it to they've... make it harder for Asian people because they're they've way far superior. Yeah. yeah, right. So all I'm saying is, I mean, that's just the way of saying we don't want you in here anymore because we're scared of you all, you know? But basically, I'm just saying, like, to my cousins especially, I love my cousins, you know, their family, and your cousin, you know, like, Duncan, who's my little brother, he's dealt with this his whole life. There's there's a cultural affliction, and, you know, parents can't communicate, you can't Mm -hmm. communicate. It's such a frustration. It becomes so frustrating for everyone. And I'm just going to say this. Be proud of the fact that you are what you are and who you are, because you're the best of both worlds. Yeah. And in many cases, you're far more intelligent because of it. Mm. Far more. 
you can process stupid and you can process, you know, manipulation at a faster rate than most people. And also, you've got Asian superpowers, and this is what they are. So a white guy pulls up, just like David Choi. Okay, this is his story on the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. White guy picks up in his pickup truck, winds his window down, and he looks at him, glares at him, and says, you should go back to where you're from. Now, David Choi froze. This is moments after someone had done the eye thing where they pull the eyes to yeah. try and, you're right? This was literally 20, 30 minutes after some other guy had done that to him. Now, this is all engineered from Trump's words, yeah. pretty much, because everyone's ridiculous. Yeah. They just believe they're present as a god or they hate him. It, you know, it's ridiculous. Two extremes. It's crazy. That's why there should be an Asian president. Yeah. Yeah, because you own America. You are the original Inuit people of America. You are the indigenous people of America. You are the guys. Just saying it, okay? Um, yeah. You're also the indigenous people in Polynesia, you know, Japanese Hawaii, for example. Hello? Whatever. But I'm just saying, when you think about it, you have an Asian superpower. And that is, because you have more capacity in your head, it's a fact. I mean, have you seen a Chinese person cooking or a Japanese person cooking mm. compared to uh, a burger? Oh, a big whopper burger, but meat, freaking sandwich. Everything's a sandwich. Yeah. Meat and sandwich. <laughs> All right. To an Asian person, you got a little, like 3,000 year old recipes. Oh, and by the way, if you eat like that, you don't die. You know, you're immortal. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is with your Asian superpowers, mm -hmm. this is what you do. Guy pulls up the truck. He says that line, that famous horrible line, mm -hmm. right? You just stare at him and you go, you know what, dude? I'm going to jackknife your car with my telepathy. <laughs> and as soon as the light changes, that dude hits the freaking accelerator, laughs, cackles to himself, thinks he's the best guy in the world, and gets jackknifed by a freaking truck. The end. Gone is the food pool, the scumbag that, you know, is back in the, uh, in the abyss where he belongs. I'm just going to tell you, man, it's not your fault. You shouldn't condemn or hate. You should just non-react because you've got to know your sense of value. It's terrifying how much this affects Asian Americans. It's terrifying how it affects anyone with a with a pseudo culture like a, a multicultural mm -hmm. background and i just wanted to pick up on that we're listening to like stuff like Beirut. we're listening to massive changes in government we're listening to all of this but no one's addressing no one is addressing the kind of stupidity that's happening day in and day out yeah most societies in this planet by now there are a few exceptions are multicultural yep okay most I would say it's a clear 90% of the planet has multicultures. The 10% are the ones that we can't even get to conventionally or we wouldn't want to, mm. you know, because they're at war or whatever. Mm. You won't go to Syria and see a lot of cultures there. You might, though, Probably. when it settles. But, you know, Jerusalem, Israel, yeah. like all of these places, uh, Palestine, well, everywhere's got multi-faith and culture. There's it's all so happening. much migration over the years for whatever reason. That it's you also can't... because we got to that point where there was a, just we knew everywhere. The maps have mapped out. Yeah. People are exploring. People are doing multi-charities. For example, Muslims are working in multi-charities. Mm -hmm. Oxfam, whatever. It's multicultural now. It used to be a Christian thing, right? And now it's every platform around the world. We're all working together. You see pictures of this. You see the, the African relief. It used to be mm -hmm. white guys who thought they were important, like comedians and, yeah. and celebrities going to Africa and just going, reality check for me. I ain't coming back here. You know, like Ricky Gervais is a great parody of it. But, you know, it was always the compassionate white Christian. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. The missionary. Yeah. Kind but of now character. you see footage and you got someone in a hijab. You got like a British black guy. there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 
and everyone's doing all of these acts together in harmony because we're a globalized planet which is why i think just to clarify to folks the nationalism of the world is failing failing all of these stiff old codgers these old blokes who think that we should have a second wind of patriotism well why we've had our first black president now are you gonna tell us that didn't happen mm -hmm. it happened we're changing everyone's fed up of stupid most of us are okay and i feel like it gets really upsetting to me that i feel like a super genius artist like uh david Choi has to question his own sanity yeah every single day of his life yeah. and the reason this hits home for me and i'm going to tell you the story it might be and, and this is my ending point really on this subject someone really close to me is a guy called rich lee who was the actor in kin he's uh dante you in the film if you've seen it, it's on amazon if you haven't seen it you haven't got a clue what i'm talking about but you can check him out on imdb now which is a is a war veteran he's done tour of duties mm -hmm. in afghanistan and iraq and when he came on board it was the first time anyone's really taken a chance on him to the level we did okay so he turned up and he was like me in clint eastwood the guy was so old school and precise and military trained and very formal and just such an incredible person but the minute we got him loose he came to life and this is a guy that's been living in koreatown region of los angeles mm -hmm. all his life and he has the same story as david Choi, the same exact story as most asian americans have in the suburbs of los angeles they're overlooked they're considered okay safe trustworthy but they are not seen mm -hmm. they're not human to a lot of people and how look i you know a lot of people i know in britain that are asian i actually taught a kid who was Sri Lankan irish martial arts and he was heavily bullied heavily bullied and so a lot of these things are things i've lived around and i'd just like to say my blend isn't pure white i don't think any of us are pure white no unless we're snow <laughs> and we could have a few snowmen saying nothing <laughs> but i'm um, just saying like we're all multi you go into your family tree back and all of this stuff and it completely demotes the point of nationalization mm -hmm. so when you have an idiot like trump going let's make america great again a line that ronald reagan said look it up folks because you're all falling for crap it's all bs you know these are political pr scandals these have been used before and when you have an idiot like Trump, who's Scottish, by the way, <laughs> his mother is, right. he's not pure American. What the hell is pure American? He was no, named after is... a Spanish dude. Mm. Like, hello, you know, you're in a multicultural place that the world said, let's try this again and see if we get it right. You were the Eden Project. The USA was the Eden Project. Yeah, for humans. And look how well it served everyone. Let's murder everyone who's here, kill them all, call them savages, change the rhetoric so we feel good about ourselves, then have a bunch of cowboys coming in, murder even everyone else, lie to the Spanish who are there, safeguard and whatever, kill all of them or ship them down. It's like the worst history, you know? And then once all that's done, the British come in to try and reform and build your drain traps by slavery, which is horrific. You know, I didn't bring our workforce. No, mm -hmm. we, we can just get those from the colonies. You know, that's a horrific history. Yeah. Then we're thrown away because obviously these white dudes that are English, second generation or whatever, first generation American, who are, by the way, you're Asian Americans right now, mm -hmm. who could throw out every white person if they rally up. I don't want to create that. I'm just saying, if you guys rally up with the Latinos and the blacks, you win. 
Okay. And that's when America's great again. I'm just saying. All right. There are a lot of Italian Americans that are cooler, you know, so it's up to you. But you guys should elect the ethnicities of America right now need to actually control America because that's how you make America great again. I think the same in Britain. I really do. So and Europe and whatever. So anyway, I just think that my point to anyone listening right now is these are horrible times and they're horrible times to to venture through and uh, navigate. And it's even worse, I feel, that we've had a world, I think, a comfortable world of 15 years where you haven't heard ignorance and racism mm. in the street. Not really. And then it takes one idiot, one idiot worldwide, whether it's your president, prime minister, whatever, worldwide, every nation's got their idiot. Okay? Yeah. And they seem to be in office right now, which is worrying, with a few exceptions. But I'm just saying, like, you get that idiot. And that idiot says something and it seems to ricochet and undo 15 years, 15 years of progress. Mm. And just watch the David Choi Joe Rogan episode only because the guy's an artist, right? He's also been a professional poker player. He's, he's also been a musician. He's very much an L.A. staple, like a, right. an urban hero of Los Angeles, okay. you know, worked with a lot of famous people, knows a lot of famous people. And this guy is the sort of a kind of a guy that's been destroyed by exactly this. Mm. So I'm just putting it out there because I think that when you have conversations about racism being ruled out, no one's exempt from that rule. And I think we need to band together, folks. Not in violence, not in protest, not in debate. We just need to band together and ignore all of these idiots ruining it for us. We need to rally together and celebrate life. Now, we will be back in two weeks. We're going to have another week off because we're still looking for our cave. But if you want to see us, we're going to be here under the windsock. On, it's kind of, I think we're in Wales from the signs. I can't really understand. They're not legible. How the hell do you learn Welsh? I mean, that's I up there with know. Cantonese, man. It seems like a <laughs> bunch of typos. It's language that went wrong somewhere, you know. Um, sorry, Wales. I love you. If you're in the neighborhood, we don't know where it is. We can't really pronounce it. A lot of A's, a lot of whiffs, and a lot of shoes. Um, but we're here. So if you do see us and you just want to hang out, we'll talk to you. It'd be fun. And if you want to comment, Drop a on, comment on this or any other episode like our brilliant Graham Rose has, please do. We'll be back. Maybe not the same place, but definitely the <laughs> same time in two weeks. Cheers, folks. Take care.